Hey everybody, this is Devin, and this is The Wildlife, which you probably already know. Intros feel a little redundant if you've already clicked on it. You likely know who you're listening to. But oh well, that's okay, that's okay. This is Devin, this is The Wildlife, and you know, before we get into it today, I just wanted to take a second to say thank you to everyone who supports us on patreon.com slash thewildlife. Without you, what we do the blog, the podcast, none of it would really be possible. You you make this happen. You make this work. Also, our blood, sweat, and tears. And speaking of blood, sweat, and tears, uh, I want to talk about butterflies today. Now, usually when you hear the word butterfly, or look at a butterfly, or whatever, uh, you probably don't think about blood, sweat, and tears. You probably think about things like grace and beauty and that sort of a thing. A rare few of you might think about the destruction of Bikini Bottom at the hands of a butterfly. But anyway, the effortless grace of a fluttering butterfly floating around from petal to petal, sipping nectar out of flowers, is kind of something that has captivated people, both our hearts and, and our envy, for a very long time. I mean, us big naked, lanky, lumbering monkeys are really nothing in comparison to the fluttering of a butterfly. In fact, the season finale of The Wildlife Season 1 revolves almost entirely around this fascination with the transformation that caterpillars undergo to become butterflies. You know, metamorphosis. And as it happens, metamorphosis is something that has pretty long been seen as a, a metaphor for death and, and resurrection and rebirth into something new and beautiful and, and change and leaving behind or wallowing caterpillar cells to become this colorful sugar-sipping thing that equals grace and in in a, in agility. And we spent the duration of that episode pretty much demolishing the old metamorphosis metaphor and, and trying to build it anew. But as a friend on Instagram had pointed out to me some time ago, there's a little bit more to this story, and I'm not quite done. She posted this picture. It had a whole bunch of butterflies on, uh, I believe, horse poop. Which is kind of odd. Horse poop doesn't look like a flower. It doesn't smell like a flower. I don't know if it tastes like a flower. Maybe you do. I hope you haven't tasted it. I don't know how you would know. Chemistry? I'm, I'm not really sure. Anyway, the fact is, yes, there's a bunch of butterflies hanging out on a big pile of poop. But, make no mistake, where the poop originated from makes no difference to our fluttery friends. They are mud puddling. Or perhaps more aptly, puddling, because they don't only puddle in mud, which Puddle of Mud is an old band, not what we're talking about here. I'll explain. You see, we all know that butterflies drink nectar from plants. That sweet nectar is essentially pure sugar. Well, pure sugar water. Sugar water. Uh, it's a word pairing I can't really do without doing that men in black thing. But that's okay. Anyway, uh, but if sugar water was all butterflies ever drank, they'd basically come up short on a lot of other really vital nutrients to their survival. So, what's a butterfly to do but drink poo? More broadly, this behavior is characterized by a butterfly, or some other insect, 
actively seeking out a moist surface such as a mud puddle or rotting plants or animals or excrement, even blood, sweat, and tears, where they will use their long straw-like tongue, called a proboscis, to suck up the sodium and amino acid dense fluids. So let me ask you this. I don't really know how you'll answer. I mean, maybe in, maybe in the comments or something. I don't know. But anyway, let me ask you this. Have you ever had a butterfly land on your skin and you were looking really close and it almost looked like it started licking you and you're like, oh, I've got a new best bro. Here's the thing. You were wrong. The truth is it was probably just using you, using you for your sweat like the creepy dude at the gym. Don't really know what that means. Sorry to break your heart. Some butterflies even take a liking to blood and tears. You're right on one thing though, he is likely a bro. This behavior is pretty much only recorded in males and is thought to aid in their reproductive success. So if you weren't already uncomfortable with the fact that they were just using you for your amino acids and your sodium, they also were using you to increase their reproductive success. So yeah, that's a thing. The excess of sodium and oil and amino acids collected are, are pretty much transferred to the female along with their spermatophores, a sort of nuptial gift, and aids in the survival of their eggs. To make the whole thing even more upsetting, or funny depending on who's listening, the liquids pass through the digestive system really, really quick. Like, I mean like lightning quick, really quick, meaning its exit has to be acutely regulated. And in some species, like the Glophesia crenata, this regulation comes in the form of a release via anal jet every three seconds. Anal jets, every three seconds. Try getting through a meeting, or a class, or a Marvel film, having an anal jet release every three seconds. Not going to happen. Butterflies do it. Maybe they're better than us. When the opportunity arises, these butterflies will feast upon rotten fruit smoothies. While rotting fruit undoubtedly makes a lot of sugars readily available, the rotten fermentation also creates alcohols. Now, not only do you have butterflies eating excrement and releasing anal jets, but they're also flying drunk, too. Okay, maybe not drunk, but they use the alcohol metabolically. Then, there are the Death Eaters. While they have nothing to do with the he who shall not be named, aka Voldemort, that's right, I said it, I'm not afraid of you, what they do might be categorized as things that shall not be seen. Some butterfly species have evolved specifically to feast upon the juices of the dead and have developed special adaptations which will allow them to sniff out carrion, carrion being dead stuff, from hundreds of meters away, like a bloodhound, like, like literally like a bloodhound, like blood. Once they reach the carcass, they'll slurp up all those amino acids and sodium and the other nutrients, that have been basically just dissolving into juices through the whole process of decomposition. One fluid I forgot to mention is pure gold, liquid gold. I mean, I mean urine. Butterflies love urine. They love it. Apparently, especially human urine. When they can't get their fix, they'll even drink their own. Apparently, bear grills and butterflies have much more in common than you'd think at face value. While most butterflies are rather passive in their nausea-inducing eating of nasties, some are decidedly more tenacious in their efforts. Some species in the genus Claptera are deemed vampire moths, actively seeking out and using their proboscis to suck the blood of vertebrates. The Malagasy... Ah, uh, <laughs> can't ever remember how to pronounce this. 
Hemiceratoides hieroglyphica. I'll, I'll put that in the description and you can read it and probably pronounce it better than I did. Has been documented to land on the face of sleeping birds and drink their tears, which is, um, there's a name for that. It's called lacrophagy. Uh, apparently there's a whole category of things that drink tears. So there's that. But they basically just go right up underneath their eyelid and drink the tears. So, here's the thing. Next time you have a butterfly land on you, just think and remember. And then shudder in disgust while you frantically but carefully shoo them away to watch their graceful beauty from a distance with a healthy dose of denial and judgment. That is about a wrap for today, but I don't want to go just yet not quite ready to be done, I have an announcement. Well, it's an announcement about an announcement. I'm just asking that you stay tuned, because sometime in the next 48 to 72 hours, depending on how things go and life, we are going to be posting another really brief, uh, it's not really a podcast, it's more of a clip about the podcast. Here's the thing. Uh, Richard and I, co-hosts, have been doing a lot of talking and a lot of thinking. We've been looking through your feedback, ratings, and comments, and we have been silently working on revamping the entire podcast. Uh, Actually, not even just the podcast, the blog as a whole, the wildlife. We are revamping the wildlife. Uh, Details on that are to come, so just stay tuned. We're really excited to share them with you. We're really, really excited about the future and one last pitch, one last, one last pitch. At the top of this, I thanked everyone who supports us on patreon.com slash the wildlife. I said, without, without those people, we genuinely could not do what it is that we do. Well, here's the thing. The plans that we have for the future, they're, they're going to need some more support to keep it sustainable, to keep it real, to keep it relevant to keep it fresh, to bring in more voices, to to travel, to get some of those voices, we need you. So for as little as a dollar a month, that's that's less than you might spend getting a drink in a drive-thru or a gas station, you can become a patron of the wildlife and support what we're doing and help make all of this possible. If you go on patreon.com slash wildlife, you can see all the different tiers, all the different rewards. Yes, there are a variety of rewards, depending on which level, ranging from things like stickers to mugs to uh, the best virtual high five you have ever received. You'll see those things there. In the meantime, this is Devin Boker. This has been The Wildlife. Hope you enjoyed. See you next time.